Welcome to Miami. Bienvenidos a Miami. You're now listening to MIA Radio. Who put this thing together? DJ Kev, DJ Zayas. Let me holler at my real Miami motherfuckers. I have to move up. I have to level up. I leveled up from the back room to the front room. I leveled up from opener to headliner. I leveled up from living in my mom's house to having my own apartment. So I just asked for an opportunity and it kind of just kind of snowballed. What the fuck does that say, Captain Kirk? <laughs> Are you working tonight? Yeah. What time are you starting? Uh, 10. Yeah, but you can go a little later. Right? Yeah, that's fine. That's cool. All right. So, so you basically run the wood. <laughs> no way. He does. I run Thursdays, bro. He runs. I mean, I, the opener plays eight to ten, <clears throat> but like I've told him, hey, look, I'm running late, and I'll show up like fifteen minutes later or whatever. I mean, if I, if I was to show up like an hour late, I'll. And then you play what ten to what? Ten to two thirty. And then who goes on? Nobody. Is it closed? Yeah, they close at three, but at two thirty, it's like depends on how packed it is. So two, wait a minute. Didn't I do? No, I did a Tuesday. Yeah. They exactly. close at three, but at two forty, they want all like liquor picked up. So at why two, do I feel like I played later than two forty? Was it was it like no okay way. when it slammed? They're like two thirty on the dot. No, it wasn't slammed. When it's so when it's like okay, they let it slide a little bit further because it's like and when people aren't like super rowdy, they let it slide to like two forty, two forty five. Are you gonna do an intro for this or not? Like two minutes. No, I'm saying, like, do, are we going to talk? Like, hi, everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because that's what I'm saying since... Because we're already talking business, so we might as well just do an intro now. Yeah, yeah, Like, I'm including all of this into my podcast. All right. You're including that he runs Thursday nights, I would? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Damn, all the DJs are going to hit him up. <laughs> More DJs hitting me up. All right, well, then, this is MIA Radio episode number seven. Seven. Yeah. seven. Damn. I like number seven. Seven. Oh, yeah. and we have Who's here? our very first... In studio guest, yes, from Miami, Florida, born and raised. Not really born, no. but mostly raised. Oh, okay, okay, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite DJs, yeah. nightlife, Miami nightlife staple for staple? the last Damn. ten years. Yeah, about ten years. Giving him a real big intro in front of him right now. Yes, I feel uh, like I might. St- hold on, hold on. Hold I feel on. like I'm a staple because I got out. Like, I was able what to do you get mean? out. Nah, I mean, you were a staple while you were here. I, I mean, well, we're going to talk about okay. how... We're going to break all that down. Okay. Right. So, finish uh, your intro. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where were we? Uh, no, introducing <laughs> introducing <laughs> the guest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, some of you might know him as at my favorite DJ, but this is the one and only DJ Conflict. Yes. Oh, you guys clap like... <laughs> Yeah, no, no this, this, is, this is our first. Yeah, clapping. our first guest. It's the so, first clap, bro. So Hopefully. hold on, I got to do my intro too. This is my favorite DJ, the podcast, and I am sitting inside of MIA Radio Studios with DJ Zaya and Ooh. DJ Cass. Yes, yes. And I don't know why you say Cass because it's Cass, right? Cass, like K A S. He was right. the first to do the number five because you say Cass, man. but it's Cass. Oh, I mean that's cat. Pizza, like, what do you mean? pizza. I don't know, man. Oh, like cat. <laughs> okay, yeah. Some people say cas, but cas. Like, like when I send an artist drop, I put K S S. So, uh, so it's cas because I people have put costs. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, I've heard everything. I mean, <laughs> Little John. Yeah. I have a. I don't know where that recording is. I have a drop from Little John from like 2004. 
who he like read the drop sheet, which yeah. is, you know you you send the artist like the uh, if you don't know you send the artist a written note on what you want them to say. Right, the this script. is Lil John, and I'm with DJ Conflict. Yeah, motherfucker, whatever. Right. So he looked. He was like doing drops for a bunch of DJs. He looked down. He's like, "What the fuck does that say, Captain Kirk?" <laughs> 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 and uh, every time I see him, I want to bring it up, but I never do. Well, I had to send. I had to send uh, written out like Zay uh. Then I always send a drop reference, like, yo, like this, Zaya, like someone that said it correctly. And I say it rhymes with player. Like, I try to draw it out because uh, right. I've had so many people I say sent, Zia. I, I sent somebody a drop for the for the um, the podcast, and I put KSS and DJ Z-A-Y dash U-H. Like Z-A-Y. Yeah, that's how I always tell yeah. people. Uh, so some news here. We were looking at, uh, or I was looking at. We were talking about Simplecast, which is the platform that we uh, we post this, the podcasts on. And I actually passed the hundred thousand dollar, hundred thousand. Whoa, 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 chill, just kidding. Chill, chill, just kidding. Man, sponsors are just hitting you up right now. I was looking at houses earlier today, and I was like, how much money do I need? Uh, but a hundred thousand downloads. Nice. So I started in February, and I, I'm, I've crossed the hundred thousand download. Uh, I crossed oh, it. How many months ago was it? Uh, February was what, 10 months 10 months ago yeah. yeah so we only have a couple more months we have yeah. nine more months we have about nine, uh, eight and a half eight and a half more months and we'll so get to 100,000 yeah pretty saying? much I mean if you guys put out a good quality product I mean sh- we yeah. got you on the podcast <laughs> <I> think, bro <laughs> what do you I, think we're doing I here think, I think we're getting there <laughs> that's why we brought you on bro well no we didn't bring you on for that we brought you on because we wanted to talk about since this is the MIA radio, we want to have our first guest and kind of talk about how you. I mean, I know you've said this story a couple right. times. Sure. But you guys, I think I think we should. I mean, well, I, we I, I think we should jump to a certain point. Okay. I mean, because in, in a lot of listeners that listen to our podcast probably hear yours and they've heard like your come up. Okay. I think that there's like a certain point, kind of like. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sound selfish, but like when we came into the picture, <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, well, that's where like, we yeah, know because I mean, we, yeah. I mean, but I, actually, I want to. You know, I actually want to. I want to go before that a little bit because I was always curious. I know, like, like obscene because I came up with him in the all ages. Mm-hmm. You did the all ages, right? I did all ages. Yeah, because I feel I was thinking about this the other day. Like all ages is not a thing everywhere else. Like in Miami, that was like Dude, it was I don't know huge. If it's, if it's even a thing anymore. Oh no, yeah. at all. It's just no. crazy. I think there was too many. In Texas, when I was when I was stationed in Texas, it was kind of a thing. No, but like I'm saying, like but, guys, but I, I know here it was huge. Guys got. Well, how did like, you know about it? You pedo, or you you were stationed? <laughs> no, but I'm, because the clubs that I was playing at would be like, oh, on sun, like on three day weekends, they would do like, like they would book a DJ, and that DJ would play. Like the early like kids party, mm-hmm. and then we would book them somewhere else to do like a late night party. So we would like piggyback on the book. Yeah, but I'm talking like these like the dudes that ran these parties got like rich off of right. that. Like back I don't know then. if they not the, like the, the all ages. Yeah, there at was the time where it was like there thriving. was very few people that did. This is a pretty good story. Uh, I was part of an all age group, so there was a couple different groups in Miami that did all age parties, and I was part of one. And I was like 16 or 17, and obviously at that point you kind of suck as a DJ unless you, you're like some sort of a um, child protege. Yeah, one of those. Um, so having my turntable purchased when I was 14, 
And then I was 16 and I was like, I got to do this out in, in public. I was part of a promotion company that would promote all ages. So there'd be kids in different high schools and we'd all meet up like Tuesdays at 8 p.m. at the Wendy's or, uh, you know, Wednesday at, you know, Tropical 9, Park. Some, Tropical Park or uh, something like that. And then we'd go over the party where it was going to be, pre-sale tickets, like you would get flyers from like the main dudes and you would like... It, I don't, I don't know if it's polite to say the word now, but you bomb the school with flyers. Like, that's yeah, what it was called. For sure. So, like, you would just spread the flyers everywhere. And you would promote this all-age party. It usually was, like, a club space or club 609. And they were uh, special nights where there was no alcohol. Or, or if there was, you had to have a special band on you. But I think be, because there was, like, some gray area with nightclubs... They would prefer to not have alcohol just so they could avoid any liabilities of some young kid getting drunk with a fake ID. And I remember the group that I was in wasn't really doing shit for me. And I was like, yo, I'm going to go somewhere else. Like I went to another group, but like the owners of that group knew the other group. And then like they just fired me all together. <laughs> now here's, here's the great part. So a few years later, I'm working at Opium Garden uh, and I have like my own room, even though I'm playing like 10 to 5. I don't care because it's like my one of my big breaks and this guy comes up to me and he goes yo this guy says what's up and it was the one of the dudes that owned the company i worked for that fired me he's like he says what's up he says he started your career and i was like god damn it like what is this guy doing now <laughs> right. like you you are you're living like three four years in the past you started my career and you send that message through somebody to tell me it's like how how badly do you want to but, be I mean, self-important? A, a lot of those guys back then, like, they had this, like, power trip because they were, like, it was work. I mean, at yeah. least we were kids. And yeah. they, and I was just happy. I'm like, yo, I get to DJ. Like, In hindsight, I've, it, I've always had this conversation in my head with them. Like, yo, you guys are, like, slave-driving, abusive. 100%. Power. No, of course. I mean, it's still, like, it's, it's still like that in, in, in a certain way for, like, yeah. younger DJs. De- like younger DJs that are coming up. I mean, I don't know. But don't we were 16, extent. dude. Right. These right. guys were already like and adults. That, I okay. feel like. Even, I didn't know that. Like, yeah. And that's the thing. I, and then going into the beach circuit and then with the group that we worked with, I feel like I feel like in Miami in a certain time, you have like PTSD from like <laughs> straight up or right. DJing with all these people, all these companies. Right, because, right. yo, the all ages, I remember like. Number one, I didn't get paid. Number two, I had to sell like 30 tickets minimum to maybe open. Right. And then it was like a 10-minute opening set. They were like, no, you can't can't play anymore. Like, you're never guaranteed nothing. Yeah, but you got to sell tickets. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember making up so much stories like, oh, no, one guy's coming right now. He's going to buy all 20 of them. Just to get on for a little bit. Yeah, and then... And then there was no guarantee you would even get paid from the tickets, but it was just like, you were just like, yo, if I get to touch a deck, cool. Yeah. And then going into the beach, I always had this thing. I remember my first gig out of Miami. I was always like, I was on the plane going to the gig. I'm like, I hope I get paid. Like, because <laughs> right. I had this thing in my head where like, yo, I might not get paid. I don't trauma. know. Like right. trauma. Like, I don't know. Are they going to pay me at the end of the night? Am I actually DJing? Like checking social media as a flyer saying my name? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Miami had like. But did you handle that or did you have somebody else handle it for you? What do you mean? The, the out-of-town gig? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had management kind of handle it. Yeah. But I'm just saying it. I was, I was still, I was very young when I first had, like, flew out. So I was still, like, traumatized from, like, working with I mean, these. there is, like, I, I didn't deal with that, but there is PTSD from, like, DJing in Miami. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's why, that's why I want, we wanted you to kind of talk about, like, that right. whole. Yeah. The bottle um, service. Yeah, that whole st- 
time frame, like if you could put kind of the year, the context okay. of so that. So where do you want me right. to start? I would say like with 2009, like I, I moved out here 2008, nine, and I mean, and I, I knew of you. I feel like around that time I was making a transition from like right. the opener to like the headliner. Right, right. I, I mean, might, I might have, and actually 2009, I might be like already coasting as a headliner in Miami. Uh, but just before that, uh, there was a Wednesday night party, which was like the one that I was really eyeing because that was like the party. The owners were, for the group that we worked for, the owners were always there. It was slammed right. on a Wednesday. It was like one of the best known parties in Miami. I used to actually fly in to Miami on Wednesdays and like literally like go to my sister's, like get ready, shower, change, and go out with my cousin or my friends. To that party. I mean, I don't, I don't know if y'all want to name venues. Yeah, it's or fine. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially them. They're not around anymore. <laughs> I'm not beeping shit. Okay. We're not beeping shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and as long as we don't use like uh, something that's still it, going on. No, no, no. If, if I feel, if we're gonna be honest, it's okay. If I mean, you're gonna disparage somebody right. or something, oh, you no, should no, give no. them an, an opportunity to to defend themselves. I mean, I don't even want to talk about. People in, in specific. <laughs> right. Yeah, me neither. I just want to talk about the situation. So it was International right. Wednesdays at yeah, Mansion. Mansion. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, it was a super, super well known industry like slash the, tourist slash yeah. local. It was like the place to be. Yeah, I would literally fly into Miami, like shower change, and like on Wednesdays, because I would get leave like Wednesdays through Friday and then like like free ball at Friday, I mean Saturday, Sunday, and then fly back like Sunday night. But I would literally, and I remember like meeting people on the plane, they're like, yeah. We're going to match in tonight. Like that's it. Like, and I'd be like, yeah, that's like that's why I'm here on a Wednesday. Blah blah blah. And like, yeah. it was it. It was to me. It was like surreal. So like, cause what, I, what was dope about that club is that it was it was big prior to social media. Right. So it spread through word of mouth, which is like the most uh, uh, cohesive and the strongest way that a, a company and a, and a venue can brand because. There was no real way to promote it besides word of mouth, and it was like when you knew about it, yeah. people had to had to go. Like I remember hearing a story that somebody overheard these chicks in the middle of an alley, like on God knows what, like a Thursday night. Just one one, uh, they were from out of town. There's one of the girls is so drunk she's puking all over the place, and then she turns to her friend and she was from like London. She goes, "We can't leave Miami without going to Mansion." <laughs> and the right. other chick's like, "Of course we're going to Mansion, you yeah. idiot! It's the best place." I mean, it was legendary. And, like, and it was it was legendary. Yeah. So I was eyeing that specific party because I knew that all of these things were in play. The I did not want to take the resident DJ's job. I just wanted to do as good a job to share the night. Right. I knew what he did was valuable enough that. Uh, he would probably stay on board regardless of how well I performed. Right. So I just asked for an opportunity and I was like, let me play 15 minutes in between your shit. Like, let me just play a little bit of hip hop. Right. Management agreed. The guy that threw the party agreed that the DJ agreed. Everyone was cool with it. And it kind of just kind of snowballed. So even before I played there, I went every Wednesday for like two or three months and just sat on the couch. And some nights I wrote down what he played at the time he played it at the reaction that it right. got. And I didn't do that specifically to take it and do the same thing, but I just to study it, to look at it and think, okay, if this song works at this time and then these people like this at this time, maybe I could fit this and then do that and just like formulate my own plan of attack. And then once I got the opportunity to actually play it, it went well enough that we split the night. Mm -hmm. And then slowly he was like phasing out and he was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. 
I do. <laughs> you and I, was like, like, I was like, I'll do it, I guess. Were you were you already in the front room? Were you already in the Ivy Room? I was playing then? the Ivy Room prior to that. So okay. whenever they had the main room going and they uh, expected it to like do well enough to open the side room, like I was the guy there. Right. And Saturdays they had somebody else and then I took over Saturdays. Um it just worked out well because the promoter that I was with became like the promoter for that group. He happened to own, it's like of all the places in Miami that I got, you know, the luckiest, it's like I played at this very small nightclub where the owner eventually became the promotional director for that large conglomerate. It's like freaking dumb luck, right? Right. And he just brought me along. That was it. I think back then having that person like that promotional backing or like someone that you just knew in the club that like would always have girls always have people coming in was like yeah, huge. It was definitely a plus. Like the, I was getting in regardless. I just got lucky. Right, right, right. I'm saying I got like, lucky. Once the like there was a lot of DJs trying to get in there. Having that though was like because in their eyes, bought it was yeah, bottle the full service. Package. Like they like if I was like yo, I, I, I need a I want to try to get an opening slot, but also I have. This guy who's just bringing 20 girls every night, you right. know, right. you give me a shot. They saw that backing and they're like, well, okay. he, he wasn't just bring. He's the one that I think either started or brought the International Wednesdays to the place that it became. Oh, okay. Right. okay. So he had a lot of weight. Um, and uh, there, there at one point was a problem with him and like the, the owner or something went down and they wanted to change the deal up because he was doing so well that they were like, you know, we got to restructure this and he refused and then he left and he called me. And this is like one of my biggest heartbreaks ever in my entire career because he was like, um, do you want to come with me to this new venue? I won't be mad if you say no, but I just need to know. And I was like, dude, this is like going against personally. Right. It's going against like every fiber of my body to stay and not go with the promoter. Right. It's like I have to go. Loyalty, right? From the business side, I was like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> it didn't make sense. And I told him, I was like, dude, and I, I, I made the choice with my wallet and not my heart. And I was like, man, I, I have to stay. He's like, I understand. It's not a big, you know, it's like I put myself in this position and I have to thank you. And, and he left. And then the place that he went to like eight months later was a wrap. And so I, I made the right decision business wise, but you know, to this day, I still feel bad about it. You haven't I talked haven't, to him about it. I've never talked to him about it. No, <laughs> oh, shit. no, damn. Yeah, I mean, but that's, you're, you're, I mean, you're doing chess moves at that point. You're, you're going up, and if this guy, this guy's did already you, way did up. You, you know? Did you see it in your head that that group would turn out? I mean, I don't know what at that point did it have all those venues, or was it, it slowly? Was, it was growing enough. That you saw like, it. I knew. And yeah. plus, they gave me enough work. You know, they gave me enough work where I was like working three nights a week. The venue that the that this guy moved to was one venue. It's like, you're not going to put me on three right. nights a week. Right. This The venue is not going to expand. Like, there's just not a lot of, of room here for that to get bigger. I looked at the upside on both sides. There was no upside going. The only upside was being loyal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and back then. Which like, is a big upside in my head. And in my right. heart, oh, it is, it but, is. But but you're thinking for, I mean, you got to put yourself first at, you know, a lot of times. And back then from, I mean, back then, like I wasn't. But that was involved. the only time. Because then, listen, there was a crossroad a couple of years later, like four or five years after that, 
like uh, I worked for that company and then they fired uh, a DJ buddy of mine and I was like, yo, this is not fair. And I quit. Yeah. Maybe it was that the first time coming back at you, karma. like, damn, it's I gotta, possible. I not, to, not karma, but like you learned, you're like, you know what, this situation. I think no, because I definitely made the right choice. The first <laughs> yeah, no. but I think the second time I was just in a better place where I was like, yeah, this is not fair. So I'm just, I'm gonna quit. Like I'm actually gonna listen to my heart, not my wallet, on this one. Mm-hmm. Like that's not. Yeah, fair. but and also at that point, I think they were kind of phasing, out. not phasing out, but they weren't as pow- they didn't have as much leverage. For you uh, at that point in your career, and also, and there was more work. There was- so I, I mentioned this a lot of my, uh, maybe maybe not a lot, but the the Miami nightlife scene, uh, as we know, kind of like peaked with like seven, eight, nine, maybe ten nightclubs that were just like banging, slammed yeah. every mm-hmm. night, velvet rope, bottle service, dress up, two guys, no sorry, you know, you have to have like twelve girls with you, you got to come in. Uh, gotta be European. European, you gotta look <laughs> like, great. Right. You gotta know the owner, and then when it got to the peak of that, it started sliding downhill because there was a huge counterculture. People were like, "I can't get in. I don't have the money to buy a five thousand dollar table. This is stupid. I still want to party. I need to go somewhere else." And I so, mean, millennials grew up, and the- <laughs> <laughs> that's the way. Like that's that's like when would happen? Yeah. Well, like I mean, and 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 it's a theory that like they talk about it on the road podcast a lot because like. If you think about it now, like, I mean, to, to skip to, like, right now, like, Sundays, like, Saturday nights in Brickell and, like, certain areas are not as popping because people are literally charging up for Sunday. And, like, like I do, when I do, well, we, you do it to uh, American Social in Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. in Las Olas. So people, like, go out for brunch in Las Olas everywhere. And the party starts around 3, 4 o'clock. So it's the people that have been doing brunch there and brunch everywhere in that area. And they come there after. And it's popping from four to eight, and at four thirty, people are pretty much like blacked out drunk, <laughs> blacked out drunk, and 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 it's insane. Like, so yeah, day parties could potentially eat into so, the nightlife, right? Right. So but, I mean, people like, I mean, but I don't what, think that you know, day parties have been around forever. Yeah, but and even but that concept, but I mean, but that concept of like partying on a Sunday, blacking out, getting home at ten o'clock, and then waking up the next day to be like productive. And it's a lot cheaper. Like people kind of put that, like, "Yo, I don't want to go spend fucking four hundred bucks." But also, I think what started happening was like it was like the whole money, the whole not getting in, all that stuff. But then it was like it it started, and even at least for me too, like it started becoming this pretentious, like, "Oh yeah, yeah." The crowd was worse. Like you didn't. It wasn't even that good of a time. It wasn't a good vibe because it was like, "What am I even doing here with all these people?" Like just trying to pretend that I'm rich. Yeah, and (laughs) it was like, why would? Why am I gonna drive all the way to? If I was a normal like club goer, why would I drive all the way to South Beach? Probably not get in. If I do get in, I know I pulled some crazy mission. Met ten girls on the side. Like, yo, I'll get you in. Blah blah blah. Paid like fifty bucks for me and my boy. People were doing the buses, the bus thing, or like a lot of people like that. I would have come visit me. They would stay at some like random little hotel in Collins, and they'd pay fifty or like eighty bucks, and they pregame open bar, quote unquote open bar at the hotel, and they bring him in a bus into mansion, and then they get like two free drinks, and that was like a confirmed entrance into oh, the yeah. venue. I remember like we'd be opening, yeah. and then we'd just see like, yeah, like fifty like, people come right, in, and we're like, right. what? So I mean, it, it got to that point, but it was just too, like it was too exaggerated. So I mean, if we want to go back to that, to like from when you were starting to like headline and like be becoming the guy 
to pretty much when you like decided to like not be the, not 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 be the guy but like when you branched on to like all right so the first thing i would like to address is i've kind of analyzed like why major nightclubs velvet rope and bottle service is on the downfall and some of it uh has already been discussed on podcasts but uh the first is that uh when i was 16 17 18 19 20 21 22 23 so like i'm talking about you know like the the, the early 2000s mid 2000s the only way that you were really meeting people was in person still right there wasn't there wasn't tinder there was no bumble there was no grinder for for use and there, there wasn't a lot of <laughs> a lot of there wasn't a lot of applications where you could actually see a picture read a blurb and be like oh this is a human i'd like to interact with like you had to go out right. and you'd get dressed nice and you'd go and you buy a shirt and you get cologne and you do your hair you cut your hair you get whatever if you're you know a chick you do what chicks do to get ready and then you'd go out with the hope that you'd meet somebody you know that you like and that they liked you and then you'd exchange phone numbers and then you would start your relationship that way so that has been completely removed people don't need to do that to meet people anymore it's way easier to be in your living room watching your favorite show in your underwear or just in a very relaxed setting and then just like finding a picture of a person at their best with their their written uh summary of their personality that they wrote you know with help from their friends and like it yeah, took three weeks right. to like figure out every word yeah, it's a, instead of a, a physical a tapered, interaction tapered description and tapered look you know like exactly that's so what people want to portray so no longer do people have to go out to meet somebody and that's a big fucking deal because we are biologically driven for procreation and it's like this is what we're meant to do right yeah. propagate the species and back then also there wasn't like so much pressure or expectation of like if I go out, oh, I might be like social media. Someone's gonna record. Like, I gotta like, sure. you, like you gotta right. be like ready for the highlight. Like all this, like oh, am I gonna buy a drink? Because blah blah blah. Not before, it was just like oh, I don't, I'm gonna show up and see what happens. Uh, right. Sure, you would just go Wing out. It. You would go out dressed well, and you try to f- find somebody that you know you like. So that's one really big piece. The other piece is that the internet has given people enough information that people know what margins are and what profit is. So they know that a club is spending $2.50 on something they're charging you 15 bucks for. And so like they're weighing their options now. They're like, wait a minute, do I really wanna pay that kind of premium to be in this place? And I think they're intelligent enough, the new generation, to know that it's better to put $14 in a savings account towards a property or towards a trip to Greece or Iceland to see some cool shit rather than get drunk with the, the same kind of drunk that you can get from a beer that you have at your house and those are two pretty big factors i mean you know information in general not just the fact that there's a profit margin but also the fact that they uh they see through the uh the curtain i think a little bit more they see what a, a business is and unless the business is offering them something for their money they're more cautious about where they spend it but do you think it's a cycle it's possible because like for example um i mean i've I've been at wood for five years the venue's been open seven years wood tavern wood tavern yes wood tavern in miami i've been at wood tavern for a little over five years and that was the first venue that the first bar and it was like it opened as 
you know, quote unquote hipsters slash like very rugged, like no dress code, no line, no nothing, cheap drinks, everything. And the Wynwood neighborhood in Miami is very, it's gentrified. I mean, now, now it used to be warehouses. It used to be like very, it used to be like really bad. Yeah, really bad. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want to like, walk to your car by yourself. Right, right. So, I mean, it's, it's still not as safe. I tell people, but it's been gentrified and you know, little, what happened is a guy, it started with galleries and art galleries, art, little art galleries started popping up, then wood open and all these other places opened up and then it turned to the pop and spot. More bars opened up and now you have, you know, six, seven, eight bars in the area, but then a racket opened up and racket has a door is like $15 drinks. It's back to that mentality of like, Oh, like there's a door guy. Like, oh, who are you with? You guys, yeah. Like, table, like some people want to go because it's more exclusive, right? Which is like kind of what, what it was. But you're like not, you're circle. not, you're not getting the mansion in, in its heyday. Oh, no, of course, right, right. Of course. But I mean, I mean, they're not going, they're not going for that. Like, I remember walking in the mansion and being like blown away and being like, but it's also because you like never saw it on social media. <laughs> right, exactly. So I was like, what am I? Walking I mean, I remember into? like I remember seeing it on on MySpace and like seeing little things here and there, but like videos and whatever but the the regular person wouldn't see that but i mean i what, what i'm saying full circle in is that like to some of these people they've been going to winwood for the last three four years and they've been to every bar they've been to coyo they've been everywhere and they're like oh this place has a line like some people are like yo fuck that and some people are like well, well, I think they're pretentious friends that go to the wharf. <laughs> I don't know if it's pretentious. Or, or I mean, or super superficial. I don't know what's the exact, <laughs> but like the people that want to be in that exclusive realm go there for that and they dress up and it's kind of like I think a okay, resurgence. So there's there's like know? multiple factors at work with, with something like that. I think that, yeah, there are cycles, but all uh, market cycles in regards to uh, how businesses will come up and die down just in general, and that's in every sector. But what you're talking about is multiple things. Number one is there's like um, a a signaling, and I just listened to like a Joe Rogan podcast with Gad Sad, so like I'm fucking, I'm tuned with everything that's going on right now. There's like a signaling thing that happens when you can afford something or you pay for something that someone can't. So it's like, I'm the top monkey on the tree, look at me, I can afford a Ferrari. Right. And there's, there's something about that. That's like an, it's what I think was called an honest signal. So, it's a real thing. It's like, I can afford this. Money is not an issue. And then there are people, there are some women, if you're a guy that, that uh, does that, there are some women that are attracted to that. And it's because they will be taken care of. Now, if you're a woman and you have that kind of money, I'm sure that there is guys that are attracted to that. I don't want to like single it out. Mm-hmm. So there is something to be said about a place that's exclusive and you can only get in if you pay the cover. And that's like a signal that it's like, I am affluent. Here is your cover charge. I am inside. Look at me. I'm better than you for your free admission. Right, so right. there's that little piece. So there's a, there's a bit of a reward system to, in that business, right? So there's, there's one thing. The other thing is that our brains pay us off when we have new experiences. That's why people like to travel. Yeah. So you go somewhere new and like your brain gets flooded with new imagery and it releases like happy chemicals and you're like, oh shit, this is fun. Oh, that's new. Oh, this is cool. You, you ever gone, have you ever gone somewhere uh, that you've never been before and you find that you, you're just giddy, you're joyful and you have more energy than normal? Right, yeah. Sure, that's because your brain's paying you off for uh, having a new experience. Right. So 
maybe there are people that have been to every single bar in Wynwood that have never paid that $15 cover, and now they're getting a double dose of happy brain chemicals. They're getting that monkey on the top of the tree for paying 15 bucks for a cover and a, and a drink, mm-hmm. and they're also getting that new experience at somewhere that they've never been before, and it's it has nothing to do really with the market. It has more to do with human nature. Okay. I think it's like a... a a double-edged sword where like you said now information is more available social media all that but now it's like it's also going the other way where people are like well i'm trying to show off so let me go to these places that mm, no one be. else mm. is going to so they see that i'm here right and that's why everyone's on at the table with the phone now right. snapping showing everyone where they're at showing the bottle so it's like so it's a new way of flexing and brain chemicals through exclusivity yeah, yeah. it's like a, a new way of because before, and I mean, it's it's almost silly because before it was like you were trying to flex with the people you were going with because no one else could see. It mm. was just, I'm here with these girls. Let me buy a bottle. They think sure. I'm cool. Right? Now you're trying to flex for the whole world. Yeah. Now it's like, how, how can it's, I show it's everyone? It's like 15 seconds that you want to let people know. So like, I, like when he was saying the cycle, it could be like the new social media cycle that's like. I think no, because I think eventually people are going to get bored. And they're also like, people aren't dumb. Those those fake or secondhand chemicals will eventually die down to where it's just not enough. No, right. I mean, everything and like the cycle that I'm talking about, like with social media and every other factor that has come to play, like everything else in, in the nightlife has everything has shrunken like the lifespan of a lot of things have shrunk oh my goodness yeah I mean, to, to, to an extent you know you should so. write that down the lifespan of songs right and then we'll talk about uh what's that thing uh uh how we how we search for songs now right mm-hmm. make notes this is your podcast yeah <laughs> okay so, yeah so no, like like life, I mean, lifespan of songs and then how we search for songs go ahead sorry like i mean everything everything is is so short term to mm-hmm. me that you know like like you're saying they're gonna they're gonna not want to go to that spot anymore like they're not because they're over it. it. They saw it on social media. They posted it. They got, you know, they, they went, got the video, got the T-shirt, you know, whatever. Like. Yes. Yes. And no. I think that there's two factors that will prevent people from stop stopping the nightlife uh, rituals. The first is drugs. Yeah. Whether it be alcohol or some other drug, it's accepted, it's encouraged, and it's a safe place for you to do your drugs. Yeah. Like if you do drugs in your house, you're kind of a shithead. Like, oh, yo, you're, 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 you know, <laughs> like yeah. you're, you're having shots of vodka at seven uh, in the morning right. on, a, on a Friday. That's kind of shitty. You're having shots of vodka at seven in the morning at 11. You're kind of doing it right. <laughs> right. So there's a difference. That's one. So drugs uh, are accepted and I'm not opposed to that. I feel like they're around, you know, if you indulge and you can keep control, right. go for it. And then the other thing is that there's human ritual that has been going on way before nightclubs that has to do with people coming together, people dancing, whether it be around a fire, whether it be to drum circles, whether it be to whatever. There's something about human nature that when we get together, we seem to enjoy company of strangers, of people we know, and uh, whether it be in a a celebratory way or just um, for fun, I think that that's never going to go away. But you don't think that it's going to shift to something else? It could. Yeah. I mean, if I knew what that was, I wouldn't I mean, be here because I'd be probably my fucking million dollars. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I mean, don't you think that there's always going to be a place where, a space where people gather? For you, sure. Like Celebrate, hang out, yeah, they, I right. think consume never, drugs, yeah. enjoy each other's company. I mean, it could evolve to something like that where it's like... I mean, the shit goes on in fucking Peru where you yeah. don't do ayahuasca. It's like you don't do it by yourself in the yeah, middle yeah. of the top of a mountain. You do it with a bunch of people. Yeah. 
It's just who decided it was going to be at night with lights and music? Who decided? The shaman. He wants to get you real fucked up. No, but I'm saying night, like nightclubs. Oh. Uh, well, I think it probably has to do uh, with... The first thing that comes to mind is just Greek people and just like parties and just during the day, it's a different story. You have to... Is it know, called the, uh, what were they called? The Bacchans? Uh, Bacchanals. Bacchanals, yeah. You have to... You have to keep a certain decorum during the day you mm. work and then at night you party. It's difficult to get work done at night. Mm. Unless you're... Uh, I mean, it started as... Stargazer. A, as, a, as a release, you know. As a, sure. You're done. You worked all day and then know. it's like, oh, I'm going to release. That's probably why it's done at night. Yeah. Plus, it, it helps with sleeping. You know, you have a drink, you have a smoke, and you're like, I'm out. Like a light. Like a light. Yeah. So... <laughs> When I was a headliner, to answer your question. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what we were talking about. I was headlining for a couple of years. And the, the way that it happened was that the group I was working for just happened to keep expanding. And I, I caught a really, listen, we all caught a very, very, very great wave. Yeah. We caught a wave where there was a lot of nightclubs, a lot of people going out. And it was like a very um, lucrative wave to be on. And I, we all caught a piece of it. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention something like that. I'll say it after. Yeah, you can write it down if you want. So uh, being a headliner for this group, they kept expanding and getting new clubs and new clubs and new clubs. So I was busy. I was working five, six nights a week. I had a Tuesday. I had a Wednesday. I had a Friday. I had a Saturday. There was no need for me to do anything else. And I rode that probably for about three and a half, four years. Um, Something started happening. In my, uh, I was relatively young. I was in my early twenties, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm making a fucking buttload of money. He's gonna buy his BMW. I'm gonna buy this, buy whatever I want, whenever I want, right?" Which wasn't bad, but it it it's very helpful to actually live those things to be able to tell people that money is shit. Yeah. But you can't you can't understand it unless you kind of lived it. Yeah, everyone has to go. You through have it. to go yeah. through it, and it doesn't have to be like at the highest level. It could just be like at your tier where you're like, oh, I spent so much money, I have nothing. This is dumb. So I was spending so much money, and I looked at my bank account, and for the the years that I was headlining, it really didn't move. Like I never my my account was like stagnant at this number for three years. Now, granted, I owned an apartment, I had a nice car, I had nice clothes, I, you know, did whatever I wanted, ate whenever I wanted, but I treated girlfriends to shit, like, you know, I was living a great life, but then I was like... But you think it's because of that, because you were comfortable, like, you were working full four times a week, you were making all that boatload of money, so you were like... Yeah, and when we say boatload of money, it's not like I was a millionaire. Right, 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 but yeah, Yeah, I was a high-paid DJ. Yeah, you were a DJ. Yeah, you're in your your mid-20s, like, making what Early, early mid, yeah. So you're, so that's, like, I feel like a lot of DJs, well, people go through that, and then they're like, well, let me just buy shit, because... Yeah, because I can. And because I'm bored, and like... I know I got a stacked week next week yeah, and a stacked coming. week yeah. after that. And we I had my residencies. Yeah. Like I had, I knew every Tuesday and every Wednesday and every Thursday and every Friday. But you were never, do. you never were like worried. Like, do you, do you ever think it was going to like, I was no, crumble? because there was like a convergence of a couple of things. I was young and stupid and the work was always there. So you were never like, ah, oh, this, I never thought to myself, no, my investment mind frame came in, in my early twenties. I'm sorry. My late twenties. In my early 20s, I was like, fuck this, blah, 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 BMW. In my late 20s, I was like, hmm, hold up. And that's when it really started to switch for me. So 
seeing my bank account stagnant for three years and working all the time, I was like, this is cool. Like, granted, I owned a property. So that was like one magnificent investment that now, like 10 years after the fact, it's, it's like a whole different world. So like I look at that apartment and I, was, and I think uh, the cosmos that I was able to do it because now I'm going to take equity from that and buy my, my third house. You know, and it's like, Jesus, if there is one, thank you, right? It's probably a good time to mention that I don't really believe in religions, but <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said the cosmos. I've been, you know, I thought about that. The other day I was like, I should just put it out there. And, I, and the reason why is because most of Generation Z, which is like born after the year 2000 or something like that, or whenever millennials got cut off, Generation Z, they have like the highest level of atheists of any other generation. It's like, we're on the same boat. It's because oh. of their access to everything. Exactly. They're mm-hmm. like, wait. They can question whatever yeah, they we want. We can Hawkins. talk about that for yeah, hours. That's, that's, yeah. that's another podcast. I've had hours and hours of talks <laughs> about that. Yeah. So five, uh, five nights a week or so I was working, and my bank account stayed stagnant for about three years, and I was great. I have to move up. I have to level up. I leveled up from the back room to the front room. I leveled up from opener to headliner. I leveled up from living in my mom's house to having my own apartment. I leveled up from a Mazda to a Cadillac to a 7 Series Beamer. Uh, I got to level up my bank account because all these other level ups don't really mean shit because I feel the same as I did before all the level ups. Like none of this stuff really changed who I who I am or how I feel or how really how people see me because it never does. It, yeah. But you have to you have to it. know, you have to live it to know it. Uh, people will think what they want of me uh, without even knowing what I own. So I started looking for management and there was no one around locally. And there was like three or four management companies and I looked at the rosters and I uh, messaged the one that I thought would be good. For me, and I, it bounced retardedly somehow to Lewis Rich at the management company. And he's like, we'll get back to you. So I continue to work, continue to search for some way to like increase my bank account, increase my, my exposure, increase my gigs out of town. And <clears throat> Lewis Rich happens to leave the company he's working for. And he was talking to uh, Mr. Mauricio. And he's like, yo, who in Miami is a good DJ that I should try to help? And he was like, uh, he mentioned me and another DJ. And he looked at both MySpace pages and he sent me an email. He's like, yo, you still want to work? And I was like, I'll get back Dude, to you. Dude, you had the rawest MySpace ever. <laughs> Did I really? <laughs> Bro, you, I, I had never seen, you had the interactive vinyls. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, the interactive vinyls. Oh, okay. you like could move it. unheard of because yeah. like... There was no like the whole play. the whole page was a script like I remember that because I was that was see that crazy. Shit, I was like yo this dude's that shit was, was like that was next level because you it's not like now you could just go and like get an app and DJ like yeah. so like you people would probably I mean I would go on your page just to play with it because right. it was like where can I go do I that I didn't even think it was that cool <clears throat> but anyway good I'm glad you still yeah, that was amazing I'm sure it's still up I don't know if the the turntables are still up. Uh, I remember that I completely forgot that I had that, that. was so dope bro so me and Lewis started working and I told him after a conversation I was like look next uh, person that comes through the, one of my residencies and gives me a business card or an email contact and wants me to play at their club I'll pass it to you at the time there was a lot of uh, out of town interest in Miami like Mokai Mondays was like the best party on the beach and Joe and I, Joe Maz and I were DJs. And every week I'd get a contact, a business card, promoter, somebody from out of town. It was on a Monday, so it was like an industry party for the United States. 
and I've passed along a contact to Lewis and uh, he got that first gig done and we started working together. So what Lewis would do is he started <coughs> basically taking care of the business cards, contacts that would come through me. I'd give it to him and be like, figure it out. He would plug in the dates, like he'd get uh, you know a month in advance, two months in advance, he'd put something on the calendar. So that day I would mention to the group I was working for, can't do my residency, get someone else. At that time we were rotating DJs, so it was a lot easier. It was crazy because everything just seemed to like fall into place, like we're in some sort of a simulation. That's like another podcast. <laughs> so, so prior to like 2009 or 2010, you had your residency, no one had to tell you there's a schedule. No. On Tuesdays you showed up because that's where you work, the end. And the, the social media wasn't so prevalent that you needed a flyer all the time. You just showed up, you just like, yeah, it's my, my Tuesday, Tuesday I'm here. And I would get messages like at 11 o'clock when I was opening for myself, because I'd play the whole night, uh, yo, you're playing with a guest tonight. I had no fucking clue. And it's like out of town dudes, right? Yeah. So at some point they shifted that uh, formula to a schedule that went out uh, towards the end of the month for the next month. So if you were gonna be out, you, should, you would tell the dude that makes the schedule, um, you would tell him your available dates and he'd plug everyone in. So certain people that had seniority would get extra, certain people that are new would get less. So what started happening is when Lewis started finding more and more dates, I would tell the guy that did the schedule, can't do this day, can't do that day, can't do this day. And it didn't look bad because there was enough DJs at the time to put into the mix rotate. and rotate. And it got to a point where Lewis was like, yo, I need more dates. I have too many clubs that want to book. And this is the way we were talking about. I have too many clubs that want to book you. I need you to free up more Miami dates. And I was like, okay, I can try. And he was like, we need more DJs. So then I you know, talked to Obscene, talked to Joe Maz, talked to Crespo. I grabbed dudes that Lewis would specifically target. He's like, I need you to get this guy. I need you to get this guy. I need you to get this guy. For whatever reason, he saw value in certain people and, and I knew a lot of them and I just I was like the liaison that would be like, yo, is this something you'd be interested in? So at one point, prior to all of this uh, Rich Group stuff, which Louis Rich is the owner of the Rich Group, I had all Miami dates. And then slowly one month would be like all Miami dates minus one that was out of town. And then the next month would be two out of town and then a couple of months later they're four out of town and I would slowly you know uh, manipulate my schedules to be able to do that we brought on more DJs and then their their contacts came into our bank and so like we would go to the clubs that they knew about and they'd go to the clubs that we knew about and then it started getting to the point where we crossed this threshold where I would work Miami mostly just on off days Tuesdays Wednesdays Thursdays and Sundays and then Friday and Saturday, I travel out of town because the pay was three, four, five, six times what I was getting locally. So when that happened, I was like looking at it like, yo, this is fantastic. I remember in like August, I was doing very well and I was like, yo, I want a Corvette. <laughs> I, want, I love the way that the new Corvette Stingrays, they had just come out, the 2014 Corvette Stingrays. I love the way they look. It's like I've been very frugal the last couple of years. I've been, I, I got my bank account to the level up. I got out of my, my stagnant sum. I want a Corvette. And then I started shopping. I was like, all right, I'm going to get an SUV first. I'm going to get something pre-owned, something cheap for puddles. 
You remember we talked about that? <laughs> Car for puddles. Yeah, because it rains a lot in South Florida. So I got like a Jeep and uh, I got it pre-owned. It was no frills, just very simple, something I could have as a daily driver. And then I wanted a Corvette for stunting. To ball. To ball out a little bit, right? Because I'm still a Miami guy at heart. So it's <laughs> Your like, younger self. You know, my just right? I got to rev it in front of the club so you know I'm there. Right, right. Um, with the rep and then in October Joe Moz gets fired from the group and I quit uh, and I was like shit. I'm glad I didn't fucking buy the Corvette because I just lost you know my off day income uh, wait this was 2014 just about I would say probably 14 or 15 um, I'm not exactly sure right. I, I feel like it's probably 2014 yeah, around there um, looking back yeah. it was a it was a bummer because it was over some silly shit too like there was a uh a rival nightclub that opened up and then somebody started doing the management for that club and then Joe was working for the people that started doing the management for that club so that club was like toxic and no one in Miami was allowed to walk in there if you already worked at a club you weren't yeah. allowed to go you weren't allowed to work you weren't allowed to like be seen with those anyone days, those days I remember those were like the like no compete like extremist like yeah they were people were being and super it's, extreme. It's because it's because 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 it was a threat. Because it was not venues. just not just that it was a new venue. It was a threat, but also I think that the profits were already sliding. Right. I think there was already uh, uh, the the Winwood effect was already in motion. Yeah. So there was already a deficit in regards to the amount of people that wanted to go to the beach anyway, and they're like, "Yo, this new spot, X eighty six, that bitch. Nobody can go. Nobody can work yeah. there." So the club that started managing that other club. Joe was working at and then he got the note that yo you can't work at this club anymore mm -hmm. and Joe was like yo I've been working there for six years and like well you can't work there anymore because there was a connection and the fucking stupidest thing is that this this thing happened for a week yeah. they managed that club for a week because the owner had like a health problem and then uh, stopped they stopped the management they broke off like they didn't do shit it was just yeah. like announced oh hey this club is, is working with this it club really it wasn't really specifically because of that it was definitely had to do with that but it was they were like a like a jealous girlfriend they were like but hurt yeah of course because their profits are probably sliding their nightclubs aren't doing as well and then are they're well they're one one of their one main guys out there doing doing his thing like but not he had being been working at that club for before he worked anywhere else right but but to they, them but but to them i mean from like what i remember and dealing with them is like like that group they love to like whip their dick out and be like yo we can do whatever the fuck we want like we don't care like so like in that sense they're like oh you want to go work with them well fuck you we, we don't need you i mean that, that's to me that, that was their mentality for and the crazy part is that like it wasn't like it wasn't like we were like hanging out every week like we were a team like we were right. like hey man like i ride for you i die for you like they 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 had no like i don't know how to put this like there was we no, weren't we weren't inclined no, like, to be yeah there, was, yeah, there, there was, was no morale we yeah. weren't inclined to be like yeah man you know what because like, that's the competition i'm not playing for them right. we're like no we're gonna yeah, and this is a new club and this is when like this is what i was gonna say earlier this is when like me and zaya started to come up i mean we had been like in your coattail like for years and this is when like we started getting our little breaks and like the more you traveled the more like last minute calls <laughs> we were getting so like the, the way that i see it and like the way i analyze it like what you said like when i first moved here you were coming up you were like you went from opening to headlining and then like 2014 15 is like me and zaya had been literally like this is what a lot of younger djs don't understand and i preach this a lot 
Like you can tell people like me and Zaya were at every single one of your gigs. You told us to be there at like ten ten forty, we'd be there at ten thirty. Yeah. Like waiting, we'd walk in, we'd be there the whole night. Yep. We wouldn't even drink. I mean, those were all tests, by like, the way. Yeah. Like we did and like I mean like we did we literally went to every single one of your gigs, like and sometimes we had our own gigs and you would text me and be like, Yo, can you come and close that mansion? And, yep. I, and I'd be like I would tell like the gig I'm at. I'm like, yo, I'm leaving at like three on the dot, and I would rush to mansion to like go close. And I mean, it's like a lot of shit that we did. We literally like ate shit for not ate shit, but like we struggled. Paid dues. We paid our dues. Yeah. Right. It was a comment. We paid our dues, but we had like we were lucky that we had like these dudes yeah. in that position because right. it wasn't you guys like were helping us out, but you guys were like boot camping us like, exactly. Because the 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 people you were gonna end up working for were way worse than we were. <laughs> exactly. No, for sure we knew that. Like we knew that like working at these venues was gonna be like. But back then you didn't have any more options. Like like Winwood was like I had just started to work at Wood, and like I was opening for you. Um, there were options. There were options. But yeah. I think I think the the group the the major clubs will still pay a little bit more. Right. Now the going rate in Miami is pretty much the bar is at five hundred bucks. Right. Like you know, give or take a hundred, maybe maybe add a little bit more. But I mean, we can all agree that five hundred is pretty much the benchmark for most rates. Uh, you might get lucky once in a while, and some place opens up and they they don't know what the going rate is. Like, we'll, we'll pay you, you know, a thousand, and it's like, oh, I guess we'll take a thousand, right? right? But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but the going rate pretty much in Miami is about five hundred bucks. Now, some of the major clubs might pay you a thousand, right? Eight hundred, you yeah. know, uh, if you're not a towner, you might get a little bit more, but. The value of working at a major nightclub is no longer there at all because people don't look at it like, oh shit, you're working at this mega right. club. No, they're like, eh, we've yeah, been so, there. It's cool. So that value is gone. No, it's it's been out, and and it's just like I preach this a lot. Like as a DJ, yeah, yeah. on social media, I preach this all the time, and like, so you know, like we're very connected. All of us know DJs from all over the world and whatnot, and like it's so funny, like to see people hit us up and they're like, I'm coming to Miami. Or like they see my schedule and I'm like, they're like, oh, like they see places and they're like, oh, you don't play at so and so. And I was like, hell no. And I'm like, I don't play on South Beach. And they're like, oh, what do you mean? Right. Oh, wow. He hasn't gone like, to their town. They're yet. like, oh, well, like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, they they look at it as inferior. And then people walk into Wood Tavern and they're like, yo, what the fuck is this? Right. You're telling me that there's no dress code, no cover, drinks are cheap, the bartenders are all like pretty attractive everyone's dancing everyone's dancing everybody everybody's vibing like i've brought so many djs into that venue and they're like you're telling me that you can play like yes like uh don't finish your sentence because it's yes exactly <laughs> and and it's like yo coming from where we were what those places we were playing like there was no freedom there i felt like i remember djing always feeling like there was someone over my shoulder right. of course because there was yeah. Yeah, I was even, fired even, I was yeah. fired when I was the guy yeah. there was a venue uh, that was uh, at a hotel I mean it was, it was Louis I got yeah. fired from Louis one night um, because uh, you didn't play a song for the no no no, no no it wasn't that it, it, the, uh, one of the owners thought that I wasn't doing a good enough job so he's like you know what I don't want him to play here anymore when I was the guy yeah. right quote unquote the guy he just fired me yeah. out of nowhere and I, I was like, oh, I'm fired? And he's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're done. So I was like, okay. So what I did, obviously, I want the fucking paycheck. So I went every Tuesday that I, you know, that was available, that I wasn't out of town. 
and I sat there and I just waited and I listened to the entire night and I made sure he saw me and I waved and I said, what's up? Like no hard feelings. You know, it's cool. I'm just hanging out, listening to the music. And then after like two months of me going every fucking Tuesday, I sent an email saying, hey, is it okay if I come back and play? <laughs> I've been listening to the music. Yeah. You know, like with my tail between my legs, like, like, you know, just trying to get back at my fucking gig. Right. Like, you didn't like what I did one night for whatever fucking reason. And you just fired me. I get it, dude. You're the boss. You're in charge. You're powerful. So, like, I just made a play to that. And I was like, hey, uh, I've really been working hard, at the, you know, on my music and uh, coming out here. And, you know, just I made myself a subordinate in that scenario because, number one, my out-of-town shit hadn't popped off. Number two, it's an off day, free money. And number three, I like to play at that venue. And obviously, I was fired because why? Yeah. Because why? No, I mean, because I didn't, you know, working in in that time period definitely like it was it was it was a good thing because I think we learned like yo, in one day you could be the guy and the next day your job there, is never there is no well do you know what I uh, there's there's very few nightclubs that I've seen that have like a lot of loyalty towards any of their employees like a couple stories number one a 13 year resident DJ for a Saturday night walks into the club on a Saturday, that's his residency for 13 fucking years, and there's someone else setting up. And he's like, who who are you? And the guy goes, oh, I'm playing tonight. And then the manager comes up to this 13-year resident and goes, oh, hey, we're moving in a different direction. Fired on the spot as he walked into the club. Now, I heard about that story maybe two or three years into me being the guy. And I was like, there's really no loyalty no. in this sector. There's none. It's like, if you can't, and, and I'm not mad. I'm not like, oh, crying about it. Yeah, I get it. You're running a business. Yeah, you have You're to like accept it. You're the boss. You make the decisions. Mm-hmm. Wh- whether they're rational or irrational, that's not up to me to decide because you're the one that gets to make those decisions. No, and, and that's what I'm saying. And then, like, and that goes for any business. Yeah. But, hey, but I probably, hold on, in nightclub, probably more so because it's really loose. Right. It's not corporate. At least it wasn't when we were like working a lot of these spots. But I feel like, like you know, when you have a gig or a residency or just you're gonna go DJ, like you always kind of you always get excited because you're like, oh, I'm gonna go play music. It's great. Of course. But there was a time where I was like, I'm like, fuck, I gotta slaving. go to work tonight. Yeah, like, slaving. Like, what's gonna happen tonight? Like, who's gonna come in the booth? Who's gonna scream at me? Who's gonna do this? <laughs> who's gonna do that? It was crazy because like to me, I had been I had been in Miami like a few years and like. It was always like a goal. Like like I said, I would come and visit and it was always like a goal. And I remember like it wasn't even like I mean, I wanna name the venues, like I don't give a shit. Like at Mansion it was like a goal for me to play in the main room. When I played it, nobody fucked with me there. But like at Mukai and Set, like it was like Aris was like barking like behind you, like for anything and everything. They're very particular about they were very the, particular about I mean, what they, they wanted. are. They still are in, in from from what I see it or whatever, but like as soon as like we started playing there, it was like, All right, we're here, like we literally like went in, did our shit, got our content, like our social medias like went up and, and you know, like like I got bookings out of it and and but then it got to the point where like Zaya said it was like, yo, it was like such a job. Like it yeah. was just not fun and then I would look forward to playing at Wood. And I remember like we were in the position that you were in with us. Like we had a lot of like the J V guys, like the younger DJs be like, Yo man, you're playing at a mansion, bro, can I come with you? Whatever. And I would tell him, yo, like, be here at 1040. 
it's like 10 50 and they were texting me where you at and i'm like i'm inside <laughs> like like what's up he's like oh i was gonna walk in with you like and i'm like yeah i told you to be here 10 minutes ago he's like i couldn't find parking and i was like well like and especially in those venues you can't like and like those, that's, and, that's and one of the reasons you can't just like yo come in say my name yo, like, what? Like, no, you're like, either walking in with these me or kids, you're not walking these in. kids would like be like yo like well, but i wanted to come and see you and i'm like well Cool. I told you to be here 10, 15 minutes ago, and like you're not here. Like you don't understand. Well, that's why I would tell you guys. And whenever yeah. I tell you to be there at ten thirty, that's why I'm so punctual. Yeah. Because and I, we would be there like five, ten minutes before you would be there. Yeah. And and like we're I mean, ready. I remember you mentioning, and uh, you, you at some point you were like, "Oh, you're here. You're here early, huh?" Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I'm like, yeah, because yeah, you you would always tell us like five, ten minutes before, and then we would you'd be like ten thirty, and we'd be in like at ten twenty or whatever, but like. So if you missed your window, I was like, you don't, I don't give a of shit. Of course, you don't want it. No, you don't I'm want out. it. One time I had a DJ, when I used to DJ at FDR on Mondays, um, and we'll talk about that, like pull up, like FDR is kind of like in an alley. It was like in an alley where there was like 10 parking spots. I told this guy to be there at like 40 and he shows up at like 10 till drives up. Yo, where do I park? I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Like, <laughs> dude, like I have to walk in. I waited for you five minutes. And he's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, we well, can't get in. So that would have been like, listen, man, and and and, and I'm not and, valet. I can't help this you. Is, you this have is five. this is where it gets crazy to me. Like, this was probably 2015, 16. Like, no, about 14, whatever. So, like, I would tell people this, and I would be like, yo, man, um, look, man, I can't get you into these spots. Come and hang with me at Wood Tavern on a Thursday. Oh, where's that? I'm like in Winwood. Like, it's mad chill. Look, there's like no cover, no dress code. I'll get you some drinks. Like, come and catch the vibe. Oh, man, we'll see, we'll see. These dudes would never hit me up. They'd be like, yo, when are you playing at Mansion again? When are you at Mokai? Like, <laughs> what's good with set? Blah, blah, blah. If you, you ever need an opener. And I'd be like, yo, come to Wood, whatever. Dudes would be like, nah. And those are the same guys that show up for two weeks and then ask me for a guest spot. And I'm just like, of course. All right, cool. I, I want to backtrack for a second and um, go, like, the, the, the company that we worked for, you know, that you guys mentioned that at one point it wasn't fun anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like overly shit on them because yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. but i mean I'm, i don't regret it it was amazing because it, it was dope listen it was dope it was like, fucking it was some of the best years of, of my life in miami it was like, boot camp yeah it was it was a perfect marriage of learning how to perform for a crowd while appeasing owners and taking care of mega spenders yeah it was a perfect balance uh, you know yeah it wasn't ecosystem. fun but it was needed it was like sure. a weird it's, it's like a weird like like messed up machine that just all would work together and like everything <laughs> kind of like because what it every, was, everything would fall into place because the thing was that that's how night like most nightclubs operate they just weren't mean you know yeah. what i'm saying so when like like i remember playing my first time in vegas like yeah they would ask me to play a song because i was spender but they would ask me so nicely and they say hey oh by the way you want to drink you need anything and i'm like what i remember uh, getting yelled at like at the top of this dude's throat like why are you not fucking blah 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 blah. and i'm like like i almost literally unplugged my laptop and walked away and i would have been like all right like you know it's and and you know a lot of djs listening probably dealt with similar shit but like or maybe they or maybe they haven't and they're like they have it yeah but like working like working for that group literally it was boot camp and i always say this to anybody and like i don't hope nobody gets offended but djing in miami and especially for that group makes you able to dj anywhere around the world yeah but anywhere also, around but the world that other big the other big spot that's on that's on like 40 if uh, yeah that you know they're right, very right. particular about how they no, like their shit too of course i mean every everybody's every but like 
the shit that we went through, I think, was like, but it was was pretty extreme. We're, yeah, we're making it sound like we went through like concentration camp or something, but it, it was. But what the the part the, that the problem is that it sucked the fun out of what we did, right? Like, but and it that's seemed, because it seemed like a job, right? And I think it's it's because they made it difficult, but also it was just like negative energy. Like you get me? There was yeah. never a team. There was never like a no because hey, it's guys. a business. Look honestly, just something flashes. Something just flashed in my head. So. I have a buddy that's an NFL player, right? And uh, you would think NFL team. There's like, what, 13 guys? Uh, whatever. Like 12, 20, 12, 13 guys right. on the field. There's right, like 50. Right, right. Right, but right. 12, 13 guys on the field. When you're playing on a football team, as, as what, what is told by me, you're playing as a unit, but really it's about individual performance. So like, you know what you're supposed to do. And if you fuck up, it's not like the team's like, oh, buddy, it's all right. It's like, yo, cut this guy. Yeah, we 100%. lost because of him. It's like you, everything it works as a team, but individual performance is what drives the game. But if you guys are both performing at a high level, and then you see your fellow teammate on an off night where you guys aren't playing, you want to hang out, and they're like, uh, "Sorry, we don't know you. Go mm-hmm. to, uh, like, you I can't hang with us." I mean, that's just like, well, then you know, it just it, it creates this like tension that's yeah. unneeded. Like wh- they were running their business in the way that they thought was best. And it worked out for several yeah. years. And, but it got to the point, it got to the point where like, they kind of kept that mentality and everything just crumbled because everything switched. Sw- switch. Yeah. But like, I remember before all that, like when, like the last few months or a year, whatever that I was working with them, I went to a meeting and I remember Eris being like, look, he's, and I mean, and like the way that he said it and what he said, like, it was really extreme and like it was good because at the end of the day, he's like, look, he's like, you come wait, in. Wait, before you finish the sentence, you're being very particular and you've mentioned somebody's name. So okay, like, we, I'm just going to throw caution to the wind right can now. Can we bleep? I'm going to bleep. I'm not going to bleep. So I mean, I don't right. care. No, well, I'm not bleeping. So just, you, all right. can t- you can tell. It's not going to be bad. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying anything personal about him. Can, like, yeah, but, but it might get touchy. So you, you Okay, know. what I'm saying is that like. It's There's ways to talk to people is what you're saying. Okay. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not the way he. It's not. What, he didn't say it to anything. Like he didn't say anything directly to anybody. He was just like, look. He's like, whatever the fuck is going on with your life, you will come in through that door. It doesn't matter if you gotta come in drunk. You gotta come in what, under the influence of whatever you have to do. You do it because you're in. You're you're in a spot where so many other people want to be in. Like you're at a spot where like. You are controlling the party and you're a DJ. If you don't want to come and play, if you're having a bad day and you don't want to be here, you know how many other DJs can be in that position. And I was kind of like, you're right. Look, there's a way to, but, there's a way to talk to people, for of sure. Course, of course. Of and course. and the, that message in particular is not a bad message. That's what, and that's what I'm getting at. Like, okay. the science. I thought you were going to shit all Oh, over no, of course. <laughs> of course. No, the science, the science of what he was saying was, was, was true. And, 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 and that's what kind of made it a job. Mm. That's 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 what I was back in Isaiah with like everything that he was saying was like as a job. I mean, it was just more proof that it wasn't fun. And when he said it, I was like, "You're right." Like, I understand that like, you guys make money out of this. Like, the the venue depends a lot on you, but at the same time, like, yeah, I mean, I don't think we were not, at, we were never like mad or we were just like, "Damn!" I wish so this the, the reason why I loved working there, even though that it, it was you know sometimes it was kind of um, heavy to work there is because I was able to find my zen, my, my, my happy places amongst the chaos. Right. When it's 5.15 in the morning. Oh, of course. It's 5.15 in the morning and the owner doesn't want to go home and the booth is full of people. Right. 
and and you know you get to play whatever you want and you're tired as fuck and you don't want to be there you just finished a five hour set and you might have you know uh, had to play blah 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 for this guy and you might have been like uh, told that yo you're playing shitty tonight and like your your self esteem is down for whatever reason I'm not saying this happened every, you know on a regular basis also once you were in and you were trusted yeah, you were they good. didn't fuck with you they were like yo that's our dude yeah like the manager at uh, I'm not gonna say a person's name the manager at mansion like really liked me and and it was hilarious because they'd come up to me and say something like oh hey what's up guys how you doing whatever and then turn around and be like what the fuck like yell <laughs> like yell to, to, to the bottle girls like high as fuck like really really bad but it was like that, that person told me something like three times right. ever and i right. worked so with her for like five years i was years. able to find my happy place and actually the pressure of having to perform at that level to keep everyone happy is what made me able to oh, perform 100%. anywhere else. And so I, even though sometimes it might have been hard, I for sure enjoyed ninety five. Oh yeah! Don't get me wrong. Oh, like, we loved it. That we loved it. That like, ca- that chaotic state. And I remember like when when I started playing these more chill, like no one fucks with you clubs or like even in Vegas or whatever. Like you kind of were like you want people around you. You're like, yo, where's the like guy? Like someone scream at me. Someone right. like like. Oh man, when there's the, I mean, you guys have been to hide when there's like seven presentations right. and yeah. twelve shout outs and you're in the booth and you pull it off. You and just you pull like, it off. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> you and perfect transition. Presentation's over. Right into the song. No one knows what happened. Yeah. Party's still going. You're right. like, damn, that was easy. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's like we're talking. We're like bashing it a lot, but but it's not. It was fun. I mean, it was it was. I think good we're time. bashing it because we're all artists. Out heart so because we're artists at heart and we've been to the promised land like a wood tavern or a blackbird or a place where it's like yo just have a good time and make people dance you're like for real like i could do what i I, I could dj like a dj it's it you know it's not like some places where you get a do not playlist Right. right you can't play these songs why because i'm the fucking owner and i'm telling you no i get it it's your business run it how you want right but as an artist it's like, I don't want to be under those rules every night if you're going to commission me to do something for you. Yeah. And that's just how some places are. And that's cool for them. But it's so much better when a place goes, do what you think is best. And if it doesn't work, then you just get fired. And you know what's, you know what's crazy? I, I say this a lot. Um, going back to what I was saying, people are like, oh, you don't play on South Beach or you don't play here, whatever. And then when they come and experience it, I've had people that stay on South Beach. They go on South Beach for a night. And then the next time they're like, yo, what do we do? That was boring. And I sent them to Wynwood <laughs> and I sent them to all these different places. And they're like, yo, like, I really like these spots or whatever. And and something that, that people kind of don't understand or like they don't see it um, is that in Wynwood, they're like, yo, like, like, like I, I tell them like they don't expect like, like I make more money at the places that they think I make the least amount of money because there's a more, for example, like a place like. Like, in a, like a place in Wynwood, you're not paying a cover. Drinks are cheap. There's multiple options walking distance, so the music is so important because you want to keep people there. Because you mm-hmm. know what, they can walk out and go next door. And that's where the training, the, the training that's, that we have. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like those people, those DJs that maybe missed out or were trying to go for that shine, those right. headlining sets yeah. or whatever. They're not capable of holding a five-hour so, set yeah. of fun music. So these or venues, keeping those people yeah, in front of these them, venues, right? these venues are paying the DJ money, DJ's money because like a lot goes into their hands, like to, the, just to keep people there yeah. and for them to be like, yo, like 
when, this when is, we were this working when we were working this, these large club conglomerates and there was like six or seven nightclubs on Collins or you know within a, a five to ten minute car ride right you were not on, only under uh, pressure to keep people in the room but I'm sure you guys felt this way because this is just the way that I default so this is like ingrained in my head from an early time in my DJ career at, at this place their threat of being pulled Mm-hmm. Existed oh, every, every day yeah. at every minute, and I'm t- like, you could be the only DJ there. Yeah, yeah. and they would just be like, <laughs> "You're you done." You'd be like, "What do you mean I'm done?" It's yeah. like, "I don't know. I'll figure it out." But you're not playing. Yeah, they would. I mean, I've seen another DJ would, would show up. That happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> we've shown up. You like we yeah. have shown up for other DJs. You and have I, shown up a million yeah. times. I remember. I remember like, one time I was playing. I was playing on this venue, and like the guest wasn't playing well. The the manager didn't like the guest, and um. The manager didn't like the guest, so I got on, and then this other DJ got on. This other DJ showed up, and, he's, and I'm like, yo, what's up? I'm like, me asking, like, he just came from another gig. He's like, no, I'm here to play. I was like, what? I'm like, I just got on because they pulled this guy. He's like, well, they called me in. And I was like. <laughs> well, what probably happened, they, you didn't get pulled. They just like. Yeah, they just pulled the other guy, and they put me in as a sub, and then. <laughs> and the other, the other sub. Yeah. And then the other guy came in to, like, to close out the night or whatever. But, I mean, yeah, like. Like people getting pulled, like I remember that it was it was crazy. Like that, I mean, and, and Winwood, it doesn't. I've I've pulled one person from Wood Tavern. Who? No, I'm just kidding. I'm I mean, sorry. I'll name him. You know who he is. I don't. Want right. To know. So that pressure of having to perform, not just for the people in front of you, but also for the people that are paying you, yeah, is a, an invaluable resource that we carry to this day. And when there are six or seven venues now in the vicinity of Winwood that are walking distance, yeah. you know what it takes to keep a crowd happy energetic and um entertained enough to stay at your venue which brings value to you so again another positive from you know working uh those difficult working in the trenches working yeah working (laughs) those most more more difficult nights in miami um yeah and and also the time like i remember opening what it was 1101 like when I was when we would do scam Saturdays, like and the scam guys, would, some of the scam guys would play for like an hour, if mm-hmm. that. They had like a power set, and or they had to go was it like Saturdays. Yeah, on Saturdays. So like mansion. Yeah, we would play eleven to one thirty, and then depending on the guest, sometimes they would play for for an hour. Sometimes they play for like. Yeah, yeah. that's basically what happens in Vegas. Hour too. And a half. You know, it just depends, and then we. Would, but except out here. You got to really fucking grind from yeah. eleven yeah. to one thirty oh because there were so many options. And that, but that, like, when you're opening, it was like that one to one thirty. Yeah, oh, that it was, was so, like the hard. It, it was literally, sweating, it was literally. Yeah. It's like that that Jordan Jordan Peele <laughs> meme of him just sweating. Yo, because those when like it kind of shifted to bottle service, yeah. like. I've never had done like, and we can now we can talk about downloading music and all that stuff. Because yeah. I had never done so much research and homework in my life to like curate the perfect opening set, right. get the the highs and the lows, and because they wanted that like sexy bougie, but make people dance. Right. And it was like they wanted that Euro dance like that. We want everything <laughs> and put a fucking bow on it, yeah. right? And not only that, but then the headliner shows up and he's just like having a drink at one thirty, and you're like, <laughs> your eyes are white as fuck, looking at him like, yo, it's one twenty nine, and I'm I'm just. I, I, it was crazy because back then, back then, what saved me a lot was like new disco. I mean, that, that's when that like new disco was heavy, it. Like heavy. it was new disco, and I remember playing um, Avicii "Treasure Fingers," my feelings for you, and that being like back then, I was like, but people would dance. It was such it too, a dope. Though. It was like such a dope. That was like the that was like the twelve fifty five, twelve fifty eight song because you're like, all right, I've been playing all this like 
random like um 2008 2009 hip-hop like up tempo timbaland shit and then you start going into that and you start going into like follow rivers the problem is not that you we would run out of music for anyone listening oh at all i think no, i think no. at all that there might be like a misconception when you're saying that like oh it was hard no because it was like the that. problem is that you would run up on the headliner shit yeah and then like management would be like why are you playing so hard so early like what's he gonna do right like they would treat a lot of out-of-town headliners with kid gloves and mm. they would like maybe ask for preferential setups but for the them. thing is that we knew how the night progressed right back then but, like like we knew like like we couldn't like so we had to kind of keep that energy so it was like that, that yeah like what do we do, do you, the problem yeah. is you cross that threshold if they're getting on 15 20 minutes late once you played like one of those you know like a funky vodka when that was like yeah, the thing right. when it was in there's but like also, there's no way to go anywhere from that a except higher boom a higher boom right but also the music it that, happened to me it happened to me one time one time i opened for um for this new york guy and like i played a lot of hip-hop and then like a lot of like my because we would usually the way that we would do it was I mean, it got to the point I mentioned, like, this is when hip-hop was already coming back, like, pretty much the end of the EDM days. We would open at, like, 100 BPM, work our way up to 128, and I remember at 115, 110, Devel would be like, yo, hip-hop. And I would drop, and I would drop into, like, early 2000s, like, hip-hop stuff that works, and then transition up, but not too heavy, and then the headliner would get on. So when I dropped to hip-hop, I played a bunch of songs, like... I played like um, Crazy in Love and I played like uh, the classics, the classics. Yeah. And then like this dude gets on and like his intro is like into some like crook. He's a New York, like super New York cat. His intro is like into like Crooklyn, like Famine Scoop. And then he played like five songs that I had already played out of the 10. Was he in the club song. at the same time? I think so. Hmm. But I mean, he just went in like, you know, one of the DJs. There's that- like different schools of thought about that. And it's like. You're the headliner. Who gives a fuck what they played before you? Just right. do it. It just. I mean, uh, that's that's a whole nother podcast. But like, it was. You had to be good at yeah. at getting sourcing your music. Right, and then and then the other thing to us was closing because I remember closing for you was like the worst. Like, I remember I would have like I'd be like in the booth. Oh, I'd be on my phone writing. Yeah, down me the too. Songs, me too. Like- my notes. My, I'm like, damn, he didn't play. Blah blah blah. My I would literally put like twenty five songs, and I'd be like, "All right, conflict didn't play." Like, out of these twenty five, like ten or must, and I can't believe you didn't play these five. And then you'd be like, "Oh, you ready?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And then you would get on and play out of those twenty five songs. You would play like twelve, <laughs> or not like, on purpose. Is that not it? on purpose. I mean, you didn't know what I was doing, but like you would just like. Boom, 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 boom. In like a span of like 10 minutes. Well, because I like peaking the the crowd late to keep them. Right. Yeah, no, and that's what, that's what he's saying. Like, and then the you would, party was still keeping going. It was still hot. We on. It, it wasn't was like, hot. all right, we're closing. So yeah, like, I mean, no. and like, and like, we wouldn't like to really repeat songs. Like, so we wouldn't get on. It was, it was always crazy because I would be like, yo, like, how the fuck did this motherfucker know? Like, <laughs> out of these 25 songs, he just literally played like about half of them. I never knew that you guys had like this, like, uh, that kind of feeling. Oh, but it was, it was. Like, no, I mean, it was good. It, it's uh, more training. Sure, but like the, the way that you guys present it, it's like in my head, I'll give you my head because I, I don't know exactly how you guys feel. But in my head, we were always equals. I just got there first. 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. that's what. But, that's what I think. How I felt like you were like you were looking out for us. Like you weren't like, hey man, like this you weren't you burning us. It. Like you weren't you weren't leaving us. But not just in that, but just in everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. I don't know if you remember this. I remember because when we would open, he would show up at eleven on yeah. the dot to hear yeah. us open. Yeah. And I and obviously I was. Like, <laughs> hey, we would ask all the time, like, what the fuck are you doing here, bro? <laughs> you have like two hours. Like, like, there could be a thousand people, but conflicts in back yeah. of us. I'm like, fuck. He'd be at at mansion. He'd be like at the back bar, like talking yeah, to the bottom. No, one time you showed up early i was opening a set and then you're like all right cool that was a good job whatever whatever and i'm like i'm gonna have like, all right cool you know I, I did i did good tonight whatever so then you hit me up the next day and you're like oh let's go through your opening set i'm like i'm like all right you want me to like you want me to show you my history or what? and i swear to god i still remember he goes now nah, open your history and i mean you don't have my history yeah. but you're like all right so at 12 30 you played this song and then it went to this but it kind of came in cold and i was like what the <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm like i'm looking at my history how do you know like are you in my computer right now yeah and you're like no i just remember you went into this you should have gone like this blah 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 and i'm like the one thing one of the things that i learned from you opening i mean i learned a lot like nightlife like big room but one of the things was i remember you'd be like yo if you're going to play, and this is like, I mean, I, I had been making edits for a while, but I remember you were like, yo, if you're going to play any like EDM house songs, like never leave any dead space. So you would play like these those songs, breakdowns, those breakdowns, you would play like the intro, you would like right. layer it. That's you would what always, you were talking about. Yeah. You would always like layer it and layer it. And that's when I started making like, like if you look at like my, my edit packs during those days, it's like hard world short. And it was like 15 second intro, 15 second build up. And then a minute of the song, and then like 30, 45 seconds out, like mm-hmm. just everything to open. And I would just like, was it beneficial? Train? No, it, that, that's one of the best things that I learned, like to play those big rooms. But, um, and then like now, when like if, and then after that, or even now, when we ever hear DJs with like that dead space or like yeah. those like just breakdowns, I'm just like cringing. <laughs> that white noise, the white noise into, into like 15 yeah. seconds with the no. synth. Yeah. When it breaks down, the thing is that w- w- the reason why I You're gave that, that piece of advice is because, again, you had so many nightclubs in, in the spaces near you. Right. I don't want anyone to have a few seconds to go, you know what? I want to check out that other club. Right. So if it's dead air or if it's like a breakdown and it's like a freaking melodic buildup with a bunch of sh- like shit missing, the, yeah. the, the kick, the snare, the hi-hat, all that shit, the clap, whatever the case might be, if it's, if it's empty sonically, it might give somebody the opportunity to go, I wonder how that other club is. Yeah, like, you I really want that. Like, yeah, keep moving. Drink. Yeah, that's so, what I always wanted. Yeah, I, I started making like the craziest like short edits like that of like fucking Corella and, and all these. You know, other it songs. happened. I'm mention this because it happened to me recently. Let me um read this text message because <clears throat> I played um where did I play? I played uh Blackbird on Friday. Yeah, last Friday. I was there. You passed by. Yeah. So I played Blackbird on Friday and. Uh, Contra, who like works there, he's Booker slash you know super superhero at Black. He texts me. I'll tell you what he texts me after. Yeah, I'll, I mean I'll read. Uh, so I was like, "Yo, first of all, is the, the room now is like you get placed in the back room." So this is the first time I had DJed in the back room. I played in the in the the, the front room every other time, and it's a certain playlist like people are used to certain kind of songs, and it's like fun, up tempo, dancing, yeah. singing, etc. So I show up. And I was like, yo, what, what's the set time? And he's like, uh, 12 to 4. And I was like, wait, what? Because that's double the amount of time that you do in the other room. Okay. So that was the first. I was like, oh, shit. That's not what I was used to. Right. And so I was like, all right. 
I'll figure it out, obviously. Like, you know, you just have to. Yeah. So I start playing. I was there when you started, remember? You played yeah, that's right. Because uh, that, I, I started with Mariah Carey. Right. Uh, Still getting played. It, like, it's, a, it's double the amount of time. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, I got to. I gotta pace myself because yeah. I'm used to two hours, bang, 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 right? So uh, after I played the night, I was like, yo, um, I hit up Contra and I said, yo, the backroom is bananas, loved it. Any notes on the music progression or cadence of play? Because obviously he's dialed in, he's there all yeah, the time. He, and he's like, he's probably the, out of all the DJs he's that I know, Miami, yeah, he's like the most too, like, he has this like grid, like scale, like, yeah. I'll, 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 yeah, it, it's crazy. He's the most like analytical DJ that I know. Yeah, so exactly. So he writes back. If I remember, and this is the reason I'm reading it is because you brought up, you know, the fact that I said, well, why did you play this? It came in cold. So he goes, if I remember remembering correctly, you could have done Under Pressure to Vanilla Ice to Uptown Funk. Uh, but I think you did Under Pressure into like uh, two other songs and then Vanilla Ice came. He's like, the clap flow was great and you were pocketing, <coughs> pocketing the energy nicely. He said, slight drop in momentum around the first hour for a couple of tunes couple of rock tracks that didn't hit. Uh, think you did uh, Holler Back, uh, Just a Girl into Holler Back, and there was like um, less than clean jump in tempo. Uh, Take On Me Early On was a good use to test the crowd. Didn't hear Uptown Vibes while I was there, but I think I'd leave around 2.30. Um, definitely uh, texted Craze to tell him to roll through because you were crushing it. Uh, happy to have you back whenever you're down. And then he writes, that's all nitpicky shit that no one noticed except for me. Right. And he's like, Toto was great too. And I was like, this is exactly what I need. Yeah, one time one time <laughs> I was playing inside and he texted me. He's like, oh, El Alfa? And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Wait, what did he say? El Alfa? Because I was playing, I transitioned oh. uh, from hip hop to dembow. You, you, know you know who El Alfa is? Uh, I don't know. El Alfa is like one of the main like dembow, like the 118 like Spanish shit. And for him to be like, oh, El Alfa, I was like, the fuck, how the fuck does this fucking white guy know about this shit? But like, he's a man. no, but he's he's like the most. So he has this like this like grading scale of like of D, uh, how he listens to DJs and like how he rates them. If it's like a quick mix, uh, long mix, like um, wordplay, tone play, like certain flow, like the flow, he'll like really analyze like your DJ set, you know, and be like, oh, you mix. It's like like when I listen to Joe, like. Like mm -hmm. when I listen to Joe, I kind of think about it like that because I'd be like, yo, he just makes his two songs because they have the exact same snare. And like the like the 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 the, the harmony of this song like correlates with this song. Like he's on some that shit, but like way more extreme before something that I learned, by the way, is an aside here for anyone listening. Um, for some reason, sometimes people just don't like you. And it's, it's like don't like what don't like you. Oh yeah, of course. Like, they're, you, you like I try to be that, right? like you know, try to be the best person I can be. But sometimes people just won't like you. Yeah. But that's okay. Everyone doesn't have to like you. Right. If there's like a person out there that is like doesn't like you, I I'm cool with that. It's yeah. like you should be cool with that too if you're listening. It's okay if not everyone likes you. Now you should probably want the majority of people to like you. Yeah, I mean, at at the club you want the right people to like you and the people that are paying you and the people that are booking <laughs> That's hilarious. You. I don't know why people don't like him or how could you not like mm. him? <laughs> but um it's a funny back to the, funny the opening and closing thing. Yeah, so as far as like like downloading music, let's get into this and then we'll just end it cuz I'm running out of battery over here. Yeah, and I got it. Yeah. We, we spoke about um how like I used to do this thing where I would listen to every single song on every single record pool yeah. and 
no matter what without fail, I would go through everything that I had missed from the last time I was on. And then the more I started to realize that people have so many options now uh, that those hidden gems that you would find don't make that big of a difference. And the amount of time that you spend searching for them is not uh, correlating to the amount of what it's worth. energy and power that you get out of those songs in the club. So like now what you do is what? Yeah, I, like I, I literally did the math. I literally I asked both of you, I asked a couple other DJs. I, I was like, all right, I'm going to break this down. Like I asked, how many songs are you downloading a week that you're actually using? And everyone kind of told me the same answer, like two or three. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They said I download maybe 10 to 20. I'm using two to three. No. Because there was a point where like I was like, I remember one one time I went two weeks without downloading anything and. I, I didn't miss yeah, anything. It's not like that anymore. Like the return on your investment of time is yeah. like, so what I figured, I'm like, I just go on every record pool I'm a part of. I go to their top 10 charts and I say, okay, this is, this is what everyone's downloading. This is what's hot. Let me skim through this instead of skimming through 200 songs that were posted this week. I mean, and we, and we talked about it. We talked about it um, on Friday, how I told you like, yo, like, like boozy wipe me down is like one of the top songs. I mean, a lot of the older stuff, just because it's so hip hop heavy, like is being played so much. You told me what "Walk It Out." You're like you've been sure, playing "Walk I'm, It I'm Out." Pretty, pretty much play and "Walk It Out." For anything new, I'm not going to the record pools anymore. I'm just going to Spotify. Like what's the, Spotify charts? Yeah, yeah, Spotify charts, rap caviar, like that stuff. If it's Spanish, I'm texting "Live It Up." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even the Spanish is. Yeah, I think the reason why uh, doesn't pay dividends anymore is just because like people, the new club goers are so used to saying, "I want to hear this," and they tap their screen once and they get to hear it. Right. It's like the, the DJ's job of like curating a night is still kind of in place, but if you take them too far off the the the, what's known for them mm-hmm. I think that they kind of get impatient and they're like this is not like the this yeah is like not you it. can't break records like you can't and even it's, I think like remixes though aren't have, don't have the same yeah. value like before, well Miami is different the remixes have oh value. Yeah, yeah but I mean even like okay you're gonna get a remix of a certain song the hottest song let's say remix of uh Taki 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 talking like a like a twerk like yeah a, like or it up. no it doesn't matter like just there's there's gonna be six different remixes right. because that song's hot and it's like all right let's say five are good or four are good or three are good why not just play the original yeah. because that's what the people know like like the the remixes don't before it was like yo i find this dope remix that no one has yeah. it's gonna go off it people are, it's gonna be like it's different but now it's like everyone has access to no, i think remixes. it's because remixes are harder to find on spotify and uh on places where people can stream music so they just never get exposed to it so they know the original they never bother to listen to the remix and then when you play the remix like this isn't what i listened yeah. to right yeah i've seen those i've seen those like meme videos of like people are like in the club and they're like dancing what, what was it um when when like when you go to uh open like when you think it's a rap club and it's not a rap club so the guy's like dancing and he's like oh yeah and then like it goes into like some crazy build-up and he's like yo what the fuck is this like that's a pretty deep meme reference that i have no clue <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. i'm gonna send it to you sorry <laughs> I, I make too i watch and make too many that memes. should be like a, a picture of that meme should be the cover it's for a, the yeah, it's a video it's, i mean it's like a video i'll find it it's like the one <laughs> what's that one dude you should just stop have y'all seen, wait uh, hold on y'all see y'all see that one worth it. yo the one black dude that makes all the dj videos like the like the funny and he's like like when the guy's like grinding on the girl you don't ever seen that video i don't follow meme pages 
Uh, I'm in too many chats. Yeah. <laughs> there's one. All right. So there's one where like the guy's DJing mm-hmm. and then like the guy's like, there's a couple and the guy's like grinding on there and the DJ like sees, looks over and right when he's going to go for the kill, he like throws something on, like he can like throw something else. Or whatever. What yeah. a dick. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> what else you got in your notes? Uh, I mean, I think we, we yeah, we, we was there anything to, else you guys want um, to talk about? What do you, okay. What do you say about Miami? Like, what do you think about the Miami? I mean, we already touched on on Winwood, and you know, you talked about Blackbird. You know, you played at Wood. I'm very excited week, about what's right? about to happen at the Hard Rock. So yeah, yeah, I remember you mentioned that. If you I'm want to very touch on that, about and, that, the Hard Rock in Fort Lauderdale is they had been at 98 percent capacity for uh, the entirety of them being open, so they decided to tear down the entire sector of nightclubs. They're building a third tower for rooms. They're adding like 1,500 rooms or something. They're gonna, I think. It's going to be triple the amount of rooms they originally had, and they're building one massive nightclub that's going to be a nightclub slash pool. And I'm very excited about that because I know the guys that like are, are putting all of this together, at least some of them, and they are amazing people, and I think it's going to crush. You think that's going to be the next move? Like I think it's going to be a big an move. option. I think it's going to be a big well, move I think... because you have casino right. rooms nightclub right i mean when it was when it was be, when it was what it was before they were still crushing it yeah so it's like you triple it and it's a lot more so. i mean but i think just for lauderdale in general and las olas is like party yeah, central we play we play it's funny like same thing like people that don't know like we play a lot of for lauderdale you know we play sway you play sway as well i mean all three of us play at yeah. sway and we do a few other spots we do like the Amer- american social over there and like when i explain that to people people don't comprehend because they're like i've had i've had talks with people where i'm like i'm gonna put you know certain uh thing on my calendar and they're like is that a good look and i'm like you're just so removed you don't understand yeah yeah Yeah, like like american social it's when i explain it to people from up north i'm like yo it's kind of like bounce in new york but not as i think bounce is like a little bit higher like tear up because they're more bottle service but uh it's super lit I just like it's like it's something was like Tallahassee. I tell them, yeah, because it's kind of like it's like that college, like, like Anglo fuck yeah, high five, like <laughs> singing Mobamba real loud. <laughs> um, yeah, but dude, like I, I went in there, I played on Friday and they were having like the Santa Con thing, like the Santa Con like bar crawl, whatever that yeah. they do everywhere. And as soon as I got on, like just bangers, like from 10 o'clock to shit, like two o'clock. Yeah, it gets pretty popular. It's insane. And then it's but I think, like, Fort Lauderdale is going to be huge. Or weren't they going to do another wharf? That's also going to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Is it, is it happening for sure? Or is it still Come on, bro. The breaking news here? <laughs> no, that is happening, though. Okay. That's going to be huge. And then I think just in general, Miami, like, there's a lot of more DJs doing events. There's a lot of more, like, people putting on things, not just, like, venues right. having their own thing. So I think it's kind of turning into that, like, do your own thing put your on your own uh events and And it's funny it's funny um like you know people talk i've seen a lot of people like uh, a lot of the 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 san francisco homies and shit like they posted about like oh all these clubs closing and like that wave that's happening all around the country of like big rooms closing like that's the shit that that happened here what like when did mansion close the first time like four years ago uh could be yeah and that was like to me that was like the end of of south beach like when mansion closed i was like damn like and everything kind of crumbled from there and when was already popping off so like 
you know, all I can say is like if all these big rooms are closing, I hope you already have your foot in somewhere because like that shit isn't in Miami. It's not even a good look, you know, like there's still there's still big rooms and there's still a few spots. Obviously, 11's like 11. I'm not putting that into South Beach, but um, there's so much more to do and and there's so much dope shit here in Miami, you know, like the Love Below Party you know, like Peach Fuzz and all these yeah, other man. DJs have just come I up with like their concepts. Yeah, smaller rooms are dope. I like, um, yeah, I just did, uh, A-Train does this thing with the oh, Tied Up 305 yeah, on tied Tuesdays. Up, tied Up on Tuesdays, yeah. yeah. That's that's insane. It's crazy because Blackbird is more packed on Tuesday for that party than... I was shocked. It is, yeah. I was like, it's insane. this place is slammed. It's Christmas. Yeah. We yeah, passed we all, by like at 3 in the morning the other the other week and it was, there was a line outside. Insane, yeah. That's that's probably one of the hottest parties like in Miami. That Tuesday party is like, I mean, it's girls drink free till one thirty, so it's popping nonstop. The crowd's like super receptive, and, and then like you said, you know, you played outside, and then there's an the inside DJ too, and both rooms are like mad receptive. I like the inside because it's dark and like you can play whatever the fuck you want. Play yeah. Barbie Girl into who, who let the dogs out. What else you guys got? I'm on a battery. No, yeah, uh, I, I think it. I think we can wrap this up. We're wrapping like up almost three hours. Oh hour. fuck, I still have to do that mix, huh? Damn, yeah, that's coming up, right? Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, so it. let's wrap it up. Uh, that was episode we wanna, seven. Episode seven. We want to thank DJ Juan Flicked. Ooh, Ooh, now we gotta bleep that. Ooh, <laughs> DJ <laughs> Peep Flick. Uh No, thank you for coming out, bro. Uh, wait, you know, uh, wait, you gotta plug your podcast, right? No, hold on, we're getting to that. <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad. You know, this is also featured on my favorite. Podcast, podcast right god damn you guys <laughs> <laughs> we're newbies my bro. favorite dj the podcast yes that's oh, what it is my favorite dj the podcast. my favorite dj the podcast number one rated yeah. dj podcast on yeah. itunes and we're gonna be a close second because you're gonna put this episode for on silver or no are we doing we're aiming for silver here thanks guys well for if you want to plug in your social media i mean my favorite dj my favorite dj, my favorite DJ in all platforms yeah all right cool. Thanks, guys. So, yeah, man. All right. Conflict, See you uh, next week. Bye.